Father, this morning we come to you. Merry heart, you said it, Lord, is good medicine. In spite of whatever may happen, we choose, we choose to rejoice in our God. Rejoice in the Lord and again I tell you, is what the apostle said, rejoice. And your servant Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. We will rejoice through it all. Through it all, we will rejoice. And we know, Father, you will give us your strength. This morning, Father, as I stand behind the pulpit to speak your word, I pray you will cleanse my lips with your holy fire. For no man is worthy to speak your word, O Lord. Cleanse my lips. Pour out grace upon my lips. Even as I bring the word, I pray there will be an impartation of faith in the lives of your people. That they will receive that faith. They will receive healing. Because your word says, I sent forth my word and healed you of your sicknesses, your diseases, your infirmities. I pray for Lord that deliverance will take place because you said the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach deliverance to the captives. Let there be an impartation Lord today. For the word of God says when you were in that house and as you preached the word the power of God was present there to heal. Wherever the word is preached, there is power to heal, to deliver, to move mountains, to do the impossible. For everything was created by the word, through the word, for the word. And everything is held together by the word of his power. The word has never and will never lose its power. It is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, Father, release your word. Let it bring forth salvation in the lives of your children. For in Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen, amen. This morning, keeping in light the promise we have, restoration, we turn to the book of Mark, chapter 11, and verse 20 to 24, five verses we will read. Remember the previous, if you look at the context, Jesus had gone to a fig tree because he was hungry. The tree, the leaves were green. He found no fruit. So he cursed the tree. And then the next morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering him, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. Why did he curse it? Because it did not bear any. Every tree in the life of every person here, Lord, which is not bearing fruit, I pray let it be cursed. Let it die. And only that bears fruit unto you. Survive, O Lord. Because we have been called to bear fruit to the Father's glory. Everything that has been planted by the enemy, the tears he planted in the night hours, O Lord, which will bear no fruit, let it be cursed, let it wither away from the roots, O Lord. But everything that you have planted, let it bear fruit, O Father. 
But to this you called us to bear fruit. To bear fruit. Peter remembering said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has without away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. You will have them. Jesus is our model. In everything. We have many models in the Bible, starting from Abel onwards. We have many. But Jesus is our model. It is the spirit of Christ in them that we follow. We don't follow any of those men, but the spirit of Christ in them. So Jesus is the model. So when you study anybody, somebody was texting me from, from Sikkim about why was Cain not accepted? Why was Abel accepted? Why? Why is Abel our model when it comes to worship? When it comes to sacrifice? Why is Abel our model? Because the Spirit of God in Abel showed him how to offer. That's how Abel speaks to us. Even though he's dead, says the writer of Hebrews, he still speaks. Why? Abel will die. But the Spirit of Christ never dies. The Spirit of Christ will speak still through men and women who have gone before us. The cloud of witnesses that encompasses and God still speaks to us through them. So the Word of God says, He is our model. Look unto Christ. We look unto Christ. He is the author. He is the finisher of our faith. Look unto Him. He is the way. And He showed us the way. He said, I am the way. And Peter will say, he showed us the way. He's both the way and he shows us the way. He told us and taught us how it is to be full of grace and to be full of truth. And we know his entire life, if you look at his life, was defined by two things. One, the word of God. Faith, living faith he heard from his father. And second, his prayer life. His prayer life. So he's the model. Born of the Spirit. Be sure you are born of the Spirit. Like I said last week, all around the world, being a Sunday morning, people will gather in church. They are in church, but they are not in Christ. You can be in church all your life, die and go to hell. And go to hell. Live in church all the days of your life. But if you are not in Christ... So make sure you are in Christ and not just in church. If you are in Christ and in church, it's a good thing. If you are not in Christ but in the church, ask, Lord, come into my heart. It's a person. As many as who received him, receive him, receive him. So the Bible says he was born of the Spirit. The Spirit of God came literally upon Mary. He was conceived of the Spirit. And Jesus said, unless you and I are born of the Spirit, we will not see, we will not enter into the kingdom of God. And then he was filled with the Spirit. 
the river Jordan. He was filled with the Spirit. Not only that, the Spirit of God stayed on him. And then we see he was led. Led by the Spirit. Matthew and Luke will say he was led. Mark will say he was driven by the Spirit. Go where the Spirit takes you. It doesn't matter. You may be thinking, why are you taking me here? But the Word of God says the Spirit of God led him up into the wilderness. Even if you go to Egypt, a fertile green place, you go down to Egypt. But when the Spirit of God leads you into the wilderness, He takes you up. He doesn't take you down. Doesn't take you down. He takes you up. He was led up into the wilderness. And there he was tested of the devil. Don't be afraid of the devil. The Spirit of God will lead you up to be tested of the devil. And when he was finished, he came out with the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says. He came back in the power of the Holy Spirit. And what you see after that is what we long for, desire for, fight for. He continued in the power of the Holy Spirit after that all the days of his life till his last moment on the cross. Continued in it. That's what we want. That is what we want. And the question is, how did he maintain that power? How did he maintain that power consistently 24-7 all the way for three and a half years? The answer is his prayer closet. You maintain that power in your prayer closet. Your prayer closet will define how you and I will go forward. I keep saying this and I keep telling some great man of God in the past said, no man will rise above his prayer life. No man will rise above his prayer life. If you ask Solomon, why did you fail? He will tell you, because I stopped praying. Not that I did not know the word. I wrote the Proverbs. I was the preacher. But you know what? My prayer closet was empty. Your prayer closet, that's how we maintained it. Maintained by his prayer. In the prayer closet, that is one thing you and I need. If you turn with me to verse 24. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe. You can pray from morning till evening, but if you don't believe, the prayer is a waste of time. So when you look at Jesus, everything that he asked of the Father was answered, except one prayer. Everything was answered. Why? Because he believed. He believed. That's why we come for the hearing of the word of God. Because faith comes from hearing. It's not enough that you hear. You have to believe what God speaks to you. You have to believe. And Jesus said that. When you pray, when you ask God, believe. Believe. Many young people like Jyoti and all our young kids pray. I listen carefully. I listen carefully to how many scriptures they quote in prayer. It's important. Where does your faith come from? Faith comes from hearing. Hearing from the word of God. 
So they have scripture. They have scripture. Scripture. And you believe what you have heard. Faith is the master key. It doesn't matter. Sometimes you go to these huge doors which are shut. Open. No, you go to a bank with all the grill and metal, all those stuff over there. Open only at 9 o'clock. And then at 9 o'clock, the security guard takes a small key. And opens the door. It doesn't matter how big the gate is. How big the door is. How strong the door is. All you need is the key. And the master key is faith. If you believe. Jesus said, if you believe. All things are possible. If you believe. If you believe. That is where we have an unfair advantage. And people are not taking, making use of it. We have an unfair advantage over the world. They don't have faith. That's why they sweat. We have been given the key. The master key called faith. It opens any door. Any door. Doesn't matter how big the door is. Peter was put in prison. Four sets of God. Many gates and an outside iron gate. But the church prayed. Herod was planning to bring him out. But the church prayed. And the Bible says, the gate opened on its own. The angel came. Struck him on the side. Woke him up. Chains fell off. Gird your clock around you. Come out. One man awake. All asleep. An angel can do both. Wake you up and put the others to sleep. That nobody wakes up. Soldiers were supposed to be on guard and wide awake or fast asleep. The prisoner who is fast asleep is wide awake. All because people prayed. People pray. When you pray. When you pray. So remember faith. The two aspects of faith. One is in Jude chapter 1 and verse 3. The word of God says, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith. Fight for that faith. What is this faith? This is not the faith. The two parts of faith. One is the doctrine part of faith. Doctrine was handed one generation to another. Doctrine never changes because God never changes. How God deals with people may change. He may deal differently but doctrine is like bones. That's why I respect Baptist preachers because they are bone setters. They're very good. Very good with doctrine. The only thing I will not listen to a Baptist preacher is when he preaches about the Holy Spirit. I don't listen to them. Because they deny that experience. So why should you listen to them? But they are very good with doctrine. So remember. Remember. You need doctrine. The whole church around the world is collapsing. Because they ignored doctrine. And they changed doctrine. As the world changed. They can change the doctrine. But doctrine cannot be changed. Your bones have to be strong. If your bones are brittle, 
when the pressure comes, your bone will break. Your bone will break. Your bones have to be strong. Your doctrine has to be strong. Your convictions have to be strong. Your convictions have to be strong, so strong like the convictions Joseph has in Egypt or Daniel has in Babylon. Strong convictions. Very strong bones. God says, fight for it. Contend for it, generation to generation. That's one faith. But that's also used the word faith. Then there is another in Romans 10 and verse 17. The Bible says, so then faith, everybody says, comes. Faith comes. It comes. It comes by hearing. And if you don't have faith, that means you're not hearing. It comes by hearing. You have sat for five years, six years, seven years, eight years, ten years in the church and there is no faith. There's absolutely something wrong with you. You should go, fall on your face and cry, Lord, what's wrong with me? Am I condemned? Am I condemned? Why is that there is no faith? Because the Bible says, faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. That hearing is the spirit of God. He speaks. So you have to be attentive. Anytime, every time you're listening to the word, anywhere, be very, very careful. Because the word of God and the spirit of God is waiting for faith. Anybody who believes. Little, a tiny bit of faith. These are spiritual things. If it does not find somebody here in this room, it will find somebody outside who is listening online. Because God is not a respecter of persons. Tomorrow this time, says the prophet, famine will end in Samaria. This is how we hardly all will be sure. He quotes the price also. Within the camp, nobody believed. Outside the camp, suddenly four people start talking to each other. If the devil can put a thought into your mind, God can also put a thought into your mind. Suddenly they spoke and said, if you sit here, we will die. If you go in, we will die. Let us arise and go to the camp of the enemy. Maybe. Who put that thought in their mind? It is God. The prophetic word that was spoken through Elisha landed upon the minds of four lepers and the city was saved. God is not a respecter of persons. God is not a perfect. The king may not receive it. The man on whose arm the king leaned will die under the trample. But four lepers received it. So God and his word discounts nobody. 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 Because if you have faith, you don't need anything else. And Jesus was Perfect in both. Both in doctrine and in hearing. Doctrine. That ones who had doctorates in doctrine called the Pharisees. He said, you err because you do not understand scriptures. That was a slap on their face. You carpenter from Nazareth telling us we don't know scriptures. God says, yeah, you don't know scriptures. At the age of 12, they were amazed at his understanding. Doctrine. He told them, it is written, but I tell you. It is written, I tell you. This is what is written. This is its interpretation. This is what is written. This is its interpretation. Fantastic, perfect in doctrine. And ears that always heard. 
always heard. Ears that always heard. Be perfect in both. Let us leave, as the writer of Hebrews says, these elementary things and move towards perfection. Hear, Lord, I need to hear. You are a God who speaks. I need to hear. I need to hear every day, Lord. I want to hear every day because you speak. You said, call me Father. And fathers speak. If children are willing to listen, fathers speak. You are my Father. Speak to me, Lord. You have the words of life. Speak to me, Lord. Then he comes to the prayer life. If you look at the prayer life, Jesus taught two fundamentals. Matthew 6 and verse 13. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. One thing he said about that, Lord, deliver me from the power of the evil one. And the power of the evil one is temptation. He cannot make me sin. He cannot make you sin. He can tempt you to sin. Then you choose to sin. So his power is temptation. So he taught us primary principle in your prayer closet. What is that? Lord, deliver me from the power of the evil one. Help me not to be tempted. Go in the road of temptation. Empower me. Empower me. Second thing, Matthew 7, verses 7 and to 8 and 11. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek, you will find. Knock, it will be opened. For everyone, he didn't say someone, most. He said everyone. Everyone. So if God says everyone, it means everyone. Everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. And verse 11. If you then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Ask. You do not have because you do not ask. Why did he say, lead me not into temptation, deliver me from the power of the evil one? Because God knows temptation is the doorway to sin and sin is how the devil gets into our lives. Second Corinthians 2.11, Paul said, lest Satan should take advantage of us, we are not ignorant of his devices, his tricks. We know should know the devices of the enemy. Ephesians 6, 11, the word of God says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He's a trickster. He's a trickster. He fools people. He tricks people. He tricks people. And you should ask yourself this question. These are honest questions we should, because the Bible says examine yourself. Question, sir. How is that? After all this, I have no zeal for God. Who stole my fire? How is that after all this, my prayer life is practically zero? Who took my prayer life? I've heard all this. How is that I have no faith? How is that after the church service is over, ten minutes later, if somebody were to come and ask you, what did you hear today? You are not able to roam. Who stole it? The Bible says the birds of the air came and stole it. But who allowed you 
to steal it. These are questions should be asked. The writer of Hebrews says, by this time, brethren, you should have been teachers. Paul tells the church of Corinthians, I have to feed you milk. And to ask, what happened, Lord? Where does the problem lie? Because there is a thief. He's a trickster. He's a deceiver. His wiles, his tricks, we should be aware of. Devil never changes his agenda. Jesus never changes his agenda. John 10.10, the Bible says, the thief. Who is he? The thief. Comes as a salesman, but he's a thief. He comes except to steal, to kill, to destroy. He comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. But I have come to give you a not ordinary life. Life, abundant life. What is that? Zoe, the life that overcomes the devil. The life that overcomes. He said, I have come to give you life that overcomes. So the key to that life, which Jesus came to bring, key to that life, is what Mark 11 is all about. And the first thing Jesus says there, listen carefully, verse 22. What did he say? Jesus said, Lord, how is that? This is a tree. This is a tree. It's, this is supposed to be an inanimate thing. And you said, curse me. And it is dry. Lord, you spoke and the tree dried up. What is this? He said, have faith in God. That's the first thing. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. The potential of faith. The potential, the faith is like the water behind a dam. You know what that water, when it is controlled and released, what all it does in the world? Every gadget you can think of is empowered because that water is controlled and released. Faith is like that. I just want to look at one small list, what faith can do. Mind-boggling list in Hebrews chapter 11, 33 to 35. Who through faith, through what? Faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, Quench the violence of fire. Escape the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong. Became valiant in battle. Turned to flight the armies of aliens. And verse 35, women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured. And they were said, deny Christ. They said, no, we have the faith to die. That is unbelievable faith. All this is by faith. Jesus comes and says what? Have faith in God. The possibilities of faith is limitless. Absolutely limitless. Have faith, Jesus says. Have faith in God. Believe in God. Trust God. Trust God. So the first thing about trusting God, Second Peter Chapter 1. 
Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. How? Through the knowledge of him. The first thing we need is the knowledge of God. We need the knowledge of God. To have faith in God, you need to have the knowledge of God. Because faith is in a person. Faith is not an idea, it's in a person. Turn with me Numbers 23 and verse 19. Numbers 23 and verse 19. God is not a... God became a man. But God is not a man. Makes the whole lot of difference. God is not a man. Why? That he should lie. Men lie. After the fall, all men lie. If there is anybody who has never lied in your life, please stand up. You will be conferred honorary divinity. God is not a man. Why? Because he does not lie. Why can I have faith in God? Because he does not lie. I can have faith in God because my God does not lie. His word, what he has spoken, is forever established in the heavens. Heaven and earth will pass away. Not even a tittle, a dot from my word. Therefore, I can trust God because God is not a man because he does not lie. That's the reason we can trust God. So he's saying grace and peace will be multiplied. How? In the knowledge of God. And one of the first things we need to know is that God is not a man. That he should lie. He's not a man that he should lie. Nor a son of man that he should repent. That What does it mean? Change his mind. God does not change his mind. If he tells you something today, tomorrow he will not come and say, sorry, I changed my mind. Because men do that. We all do that. We say something and then we come and say, sorry, I forgot. Sorry. I changed my mind. There used to be an old well-known liner in one of the old ancient black and white western movies, I think. A guy came and says, I changed my mind. So the other fellow says, it was good because the one we are using was not clean enough. <laughs> God does not change his mind. It's an awesome thing. You know why we struggle with faith? Because we have only dealt with humans who lie. Who change their mind. Who make covenants to love you forever and ever. And never leave you. And then two years down the line saying, I want a divorce. Your covenants don't last. What will last? So when God speaks, you have to read what he says. He says, if the sun will change. The moon will change. If day will cease. And the night will cease. My soul, my word. As long as there is day and night, my word never changes. That's why we can believe in him. God is not a man that he should lie. Nor the son of man that he should repent, change his mind. Will he not do what he has said? Will he not do? What he has spoken, will he not make it good? That is why we have faith. Jesus is faith in God. Jesus came to show us you can have faith in God. Never changes. Never changes. He never lies. He will.
frequency has spoken something into your life, he will do it. Question is, do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? Malachi 3.6 For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. He looks at Israel down the ages, scoundrels, every time running after idols, Baal, Asareth, even giving their own children through fires. I want to destroy them, but I made a covenant with their father, Abraham, and I do not change. I will stand on the word I spoke to your forefather, therefore you are not consumed, not because you are great, it's because I don't change my word. He made a covenant through his son, Jesus, about you and me. Therefore, sons and daughters of God, we are not consumed because he does not change. This is called the integrity of God. God is a person of integrity. He never changes. When he says something, he stands by his word. He stands by his word. He's dependable. So the knowledge of God, have faith in God. I have a knowledge of God. You know what? My God is a man of integrity. He's not a man, but he's a person of integrity. And my God is absolutely dependable. He never changes. And therefore, I am not consumed. Unchanging. Unchanging. Hebrews 11 and verse 6. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who comes to God must believe that he, he is. That he is not a man. He is not a man that he should lie. Nor the son of man that he should repent. What he has spoken, will he not do it? Oh, sons of Jacob, you are not consumed. Because I do not change. So when you come to God, believe that he is still the same. That person of integrity who will never back out of what he has spoken in your life. Sealed and ratified by his own word. Because he had nobody higher than him, he said, I swore by myself. Integrity of God. That is why we read this book above all books. We listen to the word more than anything else. You know why? Behind it stands a person. Dependable. Jesus comes and says, very mild tone probably to his disciples. What does he say? Have faith in God. Lord, how did this dream? Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3. Second thing, his divine power has given us all things, not some things, all things, connected with this life, connected with the life that is coming. One is life, the other is godliness. Without holiness, no man will see God. I need holiness now and I need holiness then. But I need all things pertaining to life. Think about one thing connected with life. The Bible says God has given us. How has he given us? Through his divine power. 
So it is not enough. God is a man of integrity. He has to be a man of power. Because there are many people of integrity in this world. But when you go to them, they will say, sorry, I can't do it. Men of integrity. Women of integrity. We thought you could depend upon them. And when you come to them, they will say, is Elijah a man of integrity? Of course he's a man of integrity. When Elisha asked, asked for a request, he said, you asked for too hard a thing. I can't do that. You're asking for a double portion of my spirit. I can't do that. I don't have the power to do that. But I will tell you a secret. If you see me taking, that means you'll get it. So there are men of integrity, women of integrity. But you know what? When the king of Syria sent a letter to the king of Israel saying, I am sending the captain of my army. He's got leprosy. He tore his robes and said, this man is asking for war. He's asking for trouble. How can anybody heal a leper? The king had to reach the limit of his power. So God is not just a man of integrity. He's a man of power. That's why I trust him. That's why I believe in him. That's why I put my faith in him. Not only is he a man of integrity, he's a man of power. Have faith in God. He has integrity. He has power. Where everything else will fail, God does not fail. The Bible says, God never fails in his integrity or in his power. He never fails. You need to know when Jesus says, have faith in God. Put your trust in God. What does that mean? What is this knowledge of God? What is this knowledge of this person I need? It is not enough that I know he is the epitome of integrity. I also need to know his power is limitless. Nothing is impossible with God. Genesis 18, 13 and 4. God said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Earlier, Abraham had laughed. Now, wife laughs. Two people laughing. So they look at themselves. One is 99. Woman is 90. You're coming and telling us, this year, next year, this time, I will have a child. She laughed. What did God say? Is anything too hard for God? Why did you laugh? Why did you laugh? Why did you laugh? It's a question God asks many people. We like Sarah won't laugh in church because pastor will ask you why you're laughing. So we laugh inside. The Bible doesn't say Sarah laughed loud. It says she laughed in her mind. And God said, why did you laugh? Because when you say all things are possible with God, we laugh. We laugh. That's the power of God. Jeremiah 32, verse 17. We sing it all the time. Oh Lord God, behold you have made heavens and your earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. We sing nothing is too difficult for thee. Nothing is too difficult for thee. And then we go out as if everything is difficult for him. That's why God says, these people come to me, close to me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Because it's with the heart a man believes. Not with your lips. With lips, confession is made unto faith. It's the heart that believes. And Jesus said, 
Do you believe? Have faith in God. I will give back your lost years. Do you believe in the integrity of the person who spoke? Not me, him. Do you believe he has the power to do it? The lost years. He started with the most difficult. If that is possible, everything else is possible. Time lost is time gone. But God says, I will give back. Okay, he's a man of integrity. He's a man of power. Question, but why should he do it for me? You go to, if you can manage to get to see the CM. If you can manage to get the CM. He's got power. He's got integrity. He look at you and says, but why should I do it for you? Where do you stay? Address. Hmm. Old Alwal. House number. Street number. That is how... You have to give everything before you meet. They will look in their system and they say, Old World Alwal, street number two, all of them voted for BJP. Just let them go. Why should I do it for you? You voted for my opposition. You didn't vote for me. I know that Ilaka. Nothing good comes from there. For me. You have integrity. You have power. But why should I do anything for you? Look at the next verse. Book of Jeremiah. The Lord appeared of old to me saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. Why will God do it for you and me? Because he says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Motivation. Motive. Why will God do it for you? Why will God do it for me? Because he loves us. Why he loves us, I still haven't figured out. But the fact is that he loves us. 1 John 3, 1 and 2. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know. The world does not understand. These people say they are children of God. What's wrong with them? The world does not know him. But we are supposed to know him. He, behold, what manner of love. So he has integrity. <clears throat> he has power. And he has motivation. He loves us. In First Corinthians 13 and verse 4, you know what the Bible says? It says 8, yeah, verse 8. Love never fails. Only two things in the Bible which says does not fail. God never fails. Love never fails. So I can trust him. I can have faith in him. I can have faith in him. Meaning, I can even go to him, not based on my love for him, but based on his love for me. You know, all the little children sitting in church, all the little ones, when they go to their parents and they ask, they are not going, without even not, they don't even have the knowledge of it. They are not going on their love for their daddy. They are going on their daddy's love for them. That's why God says, if you fathers being evil know how to give good things to your children, what about God? All of integrity, all of power, all of love. All of love. 
So keep these three things in your mind. Because we haven't come to the message yet. This is setting the bones. We are just setting the bones for the foundations have to be laid. You need to have the real knowledge of God. God is a man of integrity. He will never change his mind. Once he has spoken, it is done. He is a man of power. Unlimited power. Third, he loves us like crazy. So the three questions. Will God do this? Can God do this? Will God do this for me? Will God do this for me? That's why it's important to be part of God's family. Are you going to God based on a covenant? Are you part of a covenant? Or are you going based on compassion? Compassionate grounds, please grant me leave. Leave rejected. No compassion. That's what happened with this Canaanite woman. Leave not granted. Son of David, have mercy. He didn't even look at her. He didn't even answer her. You are not part of the covenant. Why should I answer you? Why should I answer your prayer? I came for the children of Israel. Children who are part of the covenant. That's why it's so important to know that you are part of the covenant. You are a child of God. Covenants matter. Relationship matters. Oh, this man had visitors. He went to his friend's house. Midnight hour. Kept on knocking. Will you go to knock on a stranger's house? Had a relationship. And ultimately opened and gave him what he wanted. Do you have a relationship? That's why it's important. Jesus said, this is how you need to pray. Our Father. The Spirit of God in you, if you are born again, cries out, Abba Father. Abba Father. Be sure you are saved. Now come to Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 and 28. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now when we are born again, we were recreated. The fallen man was recreated in the image and the likeness of God. Everyone born again has been made again, born again in the image and the likeness of men. And what did God say? God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish and rest of it. God says, I'm sending you into an environment. You will have to subdue it. There is hostility. There will be opposition. But you will subdue it. You will have dominion over it. Understand that. Fundamental principle has not changed. Fundamental principle has not changed. There is absolute demonic opposition to every blessing against everybody's name. You don't get it without a fight. You have to subdue your environment. Because the devil came and stole it. Deceived and took it. In 1 John 
and verse 3, chapter 3 and verse 8, the Bible says, This purpose, the Son of God, was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Manifested. Christ was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. It's a long passage, but I want you to read that passage. In Ephesians chapter 1. Go back and read it over and over and over and over. Every day read it before you read your Bible. If you don't know it by now. First Ephesians 1, 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you what? The spirit, not wisdom, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. In the knowledge of him, because the spirit, we need that to understand who God is. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding, what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who? Only thing connected with us in this entire narrative is this. Do you believe? Everything else is about God. Everything is also God. He says only one thing. Do you believe? If you believe, do you know the glory of your inheritance? If you believe, do you know the greatness of his power towards you? Would you just believe? That's what Jesus tells the disciples. Have faith in God. If you believe. If you believe. Towards those who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. And gives an example how it worked. What is that power? Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And seated him at the right hand in the heavenly place. Not just raised him from the dead. Raised him up. Put him on the right hand side. Look at it. Far above. Far above. All principalities. Power, might and dominion. Everything that opposes your destiny. God says, do you know where Jesus is seated? Far above those powers. Far above. Not just above. Not slightly above. Far above. No comparison, he says. Between heaven two and heaven three. Absolutely no comparison. And look at it. And every name that is named, not only in this age, in also which is to come. Names and titles will be given in the age to come. Thrones will be given. Crowns will be given. Names will be given. But he has already been given a name that is far above every name. And then, wait a minute. You know what? He didn't need any of these things. He already had all these things. He had a name that was above all names. He had a throne that was above all thrones. He had it all. So what's the difference? This time, he has been given as the son of man for the sake of the church. It's for your and my sake he has been given. Earlier he was God. Now he's God. Son of man and son of God. Everything that he has acquired in his battle on earth and has been given to him is for us. As the head of the church, he dispenses this to his body. Power. Everything is his. All power. All authority, all is his. Romans 13 and verse 1 says, 
Let every soul be subject to governing authority for there is no authority, no power except from God. So please remember, doesn't matter which state you live, which town you live, which country you live, what oppression you are facing, it does not matter. All power is God's. All power is God's. All power. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus comes and says, All authority has been given to me, not only in heaven, but also on earth. This is spiritual reality. All authority, all power is with him. He's far above every power, ruler, authority, dominion. So how do I exercise dominion? Ephesians 2, 6. Ephesians 2, 6. He has raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So what does it mean? It means you exercise dominion over every power of darkness. They don't rule you. You rule them. But remember, it's a fundamental thing. One word in this line that is repeated. What is that? One word that is repeated in that words. What is that? We have been raised. Say, together. 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 If you go back, you don't have to go back. If you go back and read Genesis 1, the two verses we read, there is one thing. You shall have dominion over the fish, the birds, the animals, everything. But you and I have not been given dominion over man. Please remember, husband and wife have been raised together. You don't dominate each other. You dominate, it becomes sorcery. It is not the power of God. That's why you are blocked in your homes because you are trying to dominate each other. And the power of God is not flowing into your lives because that domination is not of God. That domination is from the devil. He tries to dominate man. God does not dominate man. He says surrender. In the light of all this surrender. Please understand this. Whenever domination comes in any form in a human relationship, the Spirit of God backs off. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, endued with power. You know why? Because he refused to dominate anybody. Even when his disciples left, he asked his twelve, do you also want to go? I'm not holding you to me. I give you the liberty to go. If you follow me, you should follow me for the right reason. Not because I'm compelling you. I'm compelling you. Understand these fundamental principles. All kinds of different ways the devil will seduce our thinking. To dominate somebody else. Dominate somebody else. The Bible says, I have not given it to you. Anger. Tantrums. All kind of things. That's why the Bible says, be angry, but do not let the sun go down on your anger. You will give the devil a toehold in your life. He comes and now he dominates. Now you are not known by your name. You are known by Amitabh Bachchan's title, Angry Young Man. You don't dominate. Man, you dominate powers of darkness. Jesus dominated powers of darkness. Dominate. You discipline your children. You don't dominate them. You release them. As they grow older and older, you release them. You take your hands off and say, it's your life. You have to live it. 
you have to find your way with God. If you need something, you can ask me. But you're free not to ask me. Free not to ask me. I will not dominate you. If you come and ask me, I will tell you. I will not dominate you. I know it's very difficult because people want to be dominated because that slave mentality is in our heads. Once man fell, he became a slave. And slaves like being dominated. God says, I'm not a slave master. I'm a father. I have only children. I don't have slaves. I don't have slaves. Luke 10, 19. This is domination. Behold, I give you authority to trample upon snakes, serpents, and scorpions over all the power of the enemy. All the power of the enemy. I give you power. You should dominate them. Trample upon them. And they shall not harm you. They shall not harm you. You have to believe. You have to believe. And know the ways. Understand the ways. And exercise that power. You should not be afraid of the devil. You should not be oppressed in your dreams. You should not be saying that I had this terrible dream and I was so scared. I was something pressing me down. No. No, I'm not condemning anybody. You need to know your rights. And you know what? You should be telling me, devil, you are having nightmares because of me, not the other way around. Don't go to that ilake because she presses me down. Leave her alone. That's the way it should be. Is he oppressing you or you are oppressing him? Who is the oppressor here? I give you power over all the power. God doesn't mince words when it comes to domination over powers of darkness, over all the power of the enemy. And it's not that you shall hit him, you shall trample upon him under your feet. Devil should not scare you. Powers of darkness shouldn't scare you. It doesn't matter who they are, how big they are, how big a principality it is. It does not matter. What you go by is what the word of God says. And it is true. He never lies. He's not a man that he should lie. So Christ overcame for us. Overcame for us. And is seated on the right hand side of the Father. Far above. Every throne, every power, every principality, every ruler. And he's been given a name above all names in this age and the age to come. Above. He's seated over there. That's the eyes which you have to look. That's where he is seated. And you know what? That's where I am seated. That's where I am seated. So if he's seated over there, Lord, open up a little window. Of heaven, that's what I see. I saw. He saw a little window of heaven, and he said, "Woe unto me! I'm a man of unclean. The train of his robe fills the temple." You know what that it means? Those of you who have seen royal weddings. The only royal wedding I saw was Prince Charles and Diana Spencer. You were not born then. We were born black and white TV. Her train was like a train. So long of her veil, the train, the train of his robe. The edges fill the temple. A vision of God. A glimpse of God. A glimpse of Christ. What is Christ like? Why? It's fundamental to my victory. Who is Christ? Then who am I in Christ? If you don't know who is Christ, how do you know who you are in Christ? 
Do you want to live an ordinary life like everybody in the world? Struggle, 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 sweat, 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 get a job, get married to somebody, birth a family, live and die, that circle, or your life different? There's bigger through life than that. There's a purpose that goes into eternity. You don't want to live ordinary life. You're not competing with anybody, but you are saying, Lord, I know you didn't just call me like that. It's a holy calling. That's what the Bible says. It's a high calling. That's what the Bible says. A high and a holy calling. Everybody seated over here. And the rewards like we saw in yesterday's Q&A is unbelievable rewards. Reward after reward after reward offer. If you overcome, this is what to you. If you end your temptation, crown of life. If you finish your race, crown of righteousness. If you, if you, if you, if you, if you, if you, if you rewards. Because it's motivation. Even a child can be motivated with ice cream. And God is offering eternal rewards. Even to the reprobate church called Laodicea, he says, you know what? You can change. Repent. Turn. Come back. If you overcome as I overcame, you will reign with me. Will be a chaprasi. He said, no, chaprasis. You can reign with me. Motivation. So who is Christ? What is his picture in heaven? Turn to the book of Revelation. Chapter 5 and verse 8 to 12. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four, remember the scroll, nobody was found worthy to open the scroll. Everybody wept and cried. John wept and cried. He said, don't cry. The lamb that was slain has been burnt forth. He comes and takes the scroll. The four living creatures and 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp, a golden bowl full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. There's something in heaven. When you go into your prayer closet and when you pray, if you believe, if you believe, if you ask, all those prayers are in heaven. The Bible does not say all our worship is in heaven. The Bible doesn't say all our praise is in heaven. The Bible doesn't say my preaching is in heaven. The Bible says our prayers are in heaven. Who is holding it? 24 elders holding And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on earth. We shall struggle on earth. No. What does the Bible say? I'm telling you, get it very clear. You're not reigning over men. You're reigning over powers of darkness. You can reign over every man and be a slave to the devil. And you can leave people around you absolute liberty and reign over the devil. It's your choice. Reign on earth. And then, then I looked And the voice of many angels around the throne, living creatures and the elders, number of them was 10,000 times, 10,000 and thousands of thousands. That number you can ask Pastor Vijay, he will tell you how much it is. Math, I don't know. Saying with a loud voice, loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power. One, riches. Two, wisdom. Three, Strength, four, honor, five, glory, six, and blessing, seven. If it is his, it's mine. 
I was a poor beggar woman. He picked on the road and married me. When I was married, everything is his, is mine. That's what it means, seated with him. I came with nothing, but I received everything. What is the sevenfold proclamation about Jesus over there? He is worthy to receive power, riches. For whose sake? Didn't he have all these things? So who is he receiving it for? For the church. For his bride. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. He is crowned with many crowns. Seven crowns on his head. Begins with a crown of power. He's crowned with power. Crowned with power. John chapter 1 and verse 12. Read everybody. Power. Where did your power come from? Because he's crowned with power. As many as so received him. What did he give them first? He gave them power. To become what? Children of God. Who are the children of God? They dominate the enemies of God. Who are the enemies of God? Not flesh and blood. Powers of darkness. Powers of darkness. Satan came after Jesus for 40 days. He said, it is written. And the devil left him waiting for an opportune moment. After that, he came. He attended every meeting of Jesus and accused him through the mouth of the Pharisees. Therefore, he looked at them and said, you are of your father, the devil. You don't win over me. You don't understand scripture. This is what it means. The devil came after him. Then the devil came after him. Somebody was closest to him called Peter. And tried to stop him from going to the cross. And he looked at him and said, Satan, get behind me. Then the devil got into one of his disciples and betrayed him. But he overcame it all. Shown us a way. I've given you power to become the sons of God. Because you cannot have dominion without power. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. You shall receive When the Holy Spirit comes, what do you receive? Power. You shall receive power. And you shall keep on receiving power if you keep on going. Lord, there's one thing I want to do. I want to dominate the enemy. I want to dominate the devil in my life. I want to dominate the powers of darkness that are after me. The thief. I want to dominate him. I want to take back from him everything that he has stolen. Ephesians 6.10 My brethren, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Psalm 110, verses 1 to 3. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. So what is Jesus doing? Why is he seated? Why is he seated? He says, son, sit there. Got still enemies down there. Sit here until I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people shall be your volunteers in the day of your power. Son, sit down there. You know the children we have birthed? They will dominate and put all your enemies under your feet. You sit here. 
Sit here, son. We will watch our children dominate the devil. They are the volunteers on your day of power. Do you understand what we are called to do? Why is Jesus delayed? Because we are not dominating the powers of darkness. He says, now you do it. Behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. You shall trample upon the snakes and scorpions and they shall by no means harm you. No means harm you. They shall be volunteers in the day of your power. In the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning we shall have the dew of your youth. They are. We are his strength right now on earth. That's how your understanding has to change. We are busy trying to dominate man. Instead of trying to dominate the devil. The minute you have tried to dominate a man, power has left your life. Left your life. Sorcery comes in. The spirit of God stays back. And you don't realize, after you won your argument, how come you are so miserable? You should be happy, you know, I won my argument. No, you're miserable. You're lonely. You're wretched. You're bitter. You know why? Because there is no peace in that kingdom. That kingdom. Power. That's why it is so important to understand the wiles of the devil. Wiles of the devil. That's how the enemy takes over power. He knows if we have been empowered to dominate him. So the thing is, he will not come and give you a face-to-face fight in the beginning. What does he do? He tempts you to sin. And once you have sinned, he dominates your life. Now you are dominated by your sin. Whatever it is. It doesn't have to be a big sin. It can be any sin. That's why Jesus said, this is how you need to pray. You know what you need to pray? Lord, lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from the power of the evil one. What is the power of the evil one? Temptation. I'll give you a small temptation. A small way, the devil. It's not a small way. It's actually big. But it's so small, it escapes our notice every day. We read from Mark 11, from 20 to 24. Right? Now, immediately, when you pray, believe, ask, receive, everything he says, immediately he says something in verse 25. At that time, not Matthew, sorry, Mark, Mark 11 and verse 25, he says, you know what? If you want to receive, and hear, receive, believe, receive from God, you need to do one thing, okay? Be very careful when you stand to pray. You know what it is? Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, what is that? Anything against anyone. What do you need? Forgive. Otherwise, you will not receive because other fellow is dominating your heart and your mind. Do you understand? Devil dominates us through the power of unforgiveness. Even our imagined, instant, imaginary persons. You don't have to be even real anymore. How he tricks people that there is no power. He says, you can't. You can't have any more power over me because I have got you into a trap. Jesus' final battle against the devil is on the cross. And on the cross, his first statement is, Father, I forgive you. He won't let you dominate me. You're not going to dominate me over here. You think you got me? You don't. I know. Your oils, your tricks. Father, forgive them. They have no clue what they are doing. It's a very simple thing. Very, very simple thing. Simple thing. 
Pause for 30 seconds and ask the Spirit of God to show you in your mind, is there anybody you cannot think without peace in your heart? When you think about them, automatically you grind your teeth. Anybody? Cannot be a volunteer in the day of his power. Heard from Hebrews 11, some did not receive their dead back from life. They chose to die. Stephen chose to die. But as he was dying, he was forgiving those who were stoning him. The power of God rested upon him. Heavens opened and he saw the Son of Man standing. You know why? Power. Power. He didn't get tricked by the devil. He didn't get tricked by the devil. These may be simple things. But they are powerful in the kingdom of God. Because first and foremost, I need power to overcome. And sin is the doorway. I need power. I need power. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He anointed him with the Holy Spirit. Right? But when he came back from the desert, he came back with power. In between what happened? He overcame the devil. He overcame the devil. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. How did he maintain this power? How do you maintain this power in your personal life? Look at Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 7. My favorite line. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication with vehement cries and tears to him, who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. What is his entire prayer? If this is a prism of his daily prayer, a part of his daily prayer, every morning he has a prayer. And what is his prayer? With vehement cries, with tears, save me from death. Did God save him from physical death? No. So what death is he talking about? Lord, lead me not into temptation. Let me not sin. There's a death that comes by sin. He died for sin. He did not die by sin. So what is his prayer? Let me not sin against you today. Therefore he maintained his power. Because the only way the devil takes control over you is opening the doorway to sin. And he overcame it every day. Therefore the Bible says he was tempted at all points, yet was without sin. How did he overcome? In his prayer closet. He's not telling God to save him from the cross. He's telling him to save him from sin. You want to maintain power? That is what you pray in the morning. Lord, let me not sin today against you or man. Guard my heart. Guard my lips. Guard me. Guard my words, what I say, because ultimately in the multitude of words in a conversation, there will be sin. You will offend somebody. So zip your lip. Lord, guard my heart. Guard my mind that I do not sin against you. You know what? You are able to maintain your domination. You are able to hear clearly because you are dominating the powers of darkness. Because what the devil wants is to rob you of your power. You have to make these choices. Okay. 
And many, many young people sitting over here, they should be giants of faith by now. But you know what? You cannot escape the world. It's not because you cannot. You don't want to escape the world. And God says, leave them alone. Ephraim has joined with the idols. Leave them alone. Social media. Ephraim has joined his heart with social media. Leave her alone. Leave him alone. Can't stay out of Facebook. Can't stay out of YouTube. Can't stay out of junk. And then I want power. God says, what power? His fellow is dominating your thoughts. Go to the world, but you are not part of the world. Not part of your world. Your thinking affects your domination. And the devil gets into your mind through your thinking. It's only faith that overcomes. You want to overcome sin or you want to overcome the world only through faith. Faith comes from hearing. Romans 14, 23. Whatever is not of faith is what? So rewrite the sentence. Whatever is of faith is not sin. If whatever is not of faith is sin, then whatever is of faith is not sin. I can overcome sin. God says yes. How do you overcome sin? Whatever is of faith is not sin. And faith comes from? We are hearing impaired people. That's our problem. If you were to hear, hear, that's all you have to do. Hear and obey. You have overcome. You overcome sin. If you overcome sin, you're maintaining the power. Not only that, he's able to give you more power. You're maintaining your position in the spiritual. It doesn't matter what the world says. It does not matter what your neighbor says. The only testimony that matters is what God says. And what the devil says. Leave him alone. He is trouble. God says, listen to my son. I am well pleased with him. Only two testimonies matter. Man's testimony is irrelevant. Only two testimony matters. Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Who are you? Only two testimony matters. It doesn't matter what people say about you. The simple thing is that, are you dominating the spiritual? Are you overcoming sin? 1 John 5, 4. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. How does he overcome the world? And this is the victory that overcomes the world. What is that? Faith. Faith. Faith always overcomes. It is impossible for faith not to overcome. It is because your faith is one, is in God. And two, when you have faith, real living faith in God, what flows into your life is the power of God, which is called grace. And the spirit of God always overcomes. He can never be defeated by any power of darkness. It is the very spirit of Christ overcomes. He overcomes. Learn to maintain Ultimately learn your life. Learn to live your life before God. Because at the end, if we haven't overcome, 
it does not matter what else you have done. Revelation 21 and verse 7. Let me tie my laces. Tell me. Read it for me. He who inherits some things. Most things. All things. So it does not matter what else you have. If you haven't overcome sin, the world, and the devil, eternity will be lost for the saved. You are not going to hell, but will be lost. He who overcomes. Romans 8 and verse 19 reverberates. He who overcomes for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly awaits for the revealing of the who are the overcomers? Who are the overcomers? All of creation is echoing. Who are the overcomers? Nobody knows. Only the Father and the Son and the Spirit knows. Who are the overcomers? All of creation is waiting. Because who are they? They are the rulers of this coming age. Must be a sweeper, housemaid, driver, carpenter, plumber. Irrelevant what you are on earth. Are you dominating the powers of darkness? Because the ones... The, the, the young man who picks garbage from our homes in Alwal, he's a believer. He's not ashamed of Christ. In his garbage truck in the front lies his Bible. He teaches in Sunday school. He came for last pastor's conference. You didn't come. He came. You were so busy. He came for the pastor's conference. He came. Oh, on that day of judgment, oh, you are a garbage collector, please stand on. He said, come, well done, my good end, faithful servant, enter into my joy. You overcame in your situation. Your witness, though you, you gathered garbage, your witness did not stink. They had such precious scented things, but their witness stank. Well done. All things those matter. Don't look at man, what man says. Look at us, what God says. All of Israel even did not know who this man is. Isn't that the carpenter's son? We know about your father. God said, this is my son, in whom I am well pleased. Did it matter what people said? So in your prayer closet, first and foremost, Lord, give me the power to overcome sin. Help me, Lord. Help me. Whatever you are tempted by, whatever you are drawn away from by, know that that's a trick of the devil. The devil has no power. He has only the power to deceive. And you give it to into his hands. Psalm 63, verse 1 and 2. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and a thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in this sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Early in the morning I have come to your sanctuary. Why? I want your power. The day is beginning. It's still dark. It's still dark. Every morning when I wake up it's still dark. The day is beginning. The challenges are coming. I know myself. And you know me better than I am. I need power. I need power. I need power first to keep my mouth shut. Second, I need power to speak. I need power to control my thoughts. I need power. I need power, Lord. Early in the morning, I said, 
Deer panteth for the water, so my soul longs after you. Why was he crowned with power? Because that's what the Bible says. Early in the morning, when it was still dark, he went to a deserted place and he started praying. And Hebrews 5, 7, the writer of Hebrews, much years later, gives us a revelation. This is how he prayed. The Son of God in the days of his flesh, with vehement cries and with tears that could not be uttered, cried out unto God to who would save him from death. And he was heard because of his godly fear. You will not sin, my son. I've heard your cry. I will endure with power. You will not go out of this prayer closet without power. Every day, the mantle will be fresh. You will go out in power. You will be accosted by the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Herodians, the Levites, all kinds of people. But you will not lose it. You will walk without sin. Because you ask me for power. Ask me for power. Ask for power. And ask for the power to defeat the devil. And ask for power to consistently love man. First Corinthians chapter 13 verses 1 to 3. Though I speak with tongues of men, yes, and tongues of angels, if you're he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Now I am very strong inside. I can move mountains. But I have not love. I have become a sounding brass, a clanging cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy, oh, I can edify entire congregations through the spirit of prophecy. The word that I preach, have received revelation, have the spirit of prophecy, prophesy, edifies the other. Corinthians 13 says, 14 says, and then understand all mysteries. Oh, I received revelations, I can understand mysteries. And I have all knowledge, though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but I have not love. I am? What says you are? Nothing. So Lord, help me to dominate the powers of darkness and teach me to love man. Help me, give me the power to love man. Every time I have to tell people and they are fighting, can you discuss issues? Can you discuss issues? This is the issue. Discuss the issue. Leave the person behind. Discuss the issue. And we teach parents how many times we have taught, how many times I have counseled you. What is this? You discipline a child with a rod. Rod is for disciplining. Hands are always for loving. You never discipline a child with the hand, not even pinch not even slap, not even hit. This is for loving. This is for blessing. Sons in the Bible craved for their father to put their hand upon them, not to punish them, but to bless them. This is for punishing. This is for blessing. My hands are to bless. When you go on missions, you should need to come on with me. And sometimes I'm not taking you. Don't grab that. You need to see after a meeting the people standing in line for laying of hands. Would you bless us? Would you bless us? As they come in before the meeting, they all stand. Would you bless? As they go, they stand. I told you once in the dark, I was 
getting out of my hotel room. It was dark and I was walking down the road. Suddenly I saw this, all these people suddenly stopping and standing in line. I was like, what's wrong with them? Because I finished the church and they saw me and they were standing in line so that I could lay hands on the dark sidewalk. Would you bless you, the man of God who came to town? Would you lay hands? What are the hands for? Blessing. What's the hand for? Loving. Loving. Help me, Lord, to love. Help me, Lord, to love. That's who God is. I ask, Lord, you are funny. Other than my own children, you gave me two children who were with me in the house. One was easy to love because she was a bundle of joy. So you know who it is. Bundle of joy. She brought joy into her hearts and her lives. So it was easy to love. And we have another child also with us. Now she has special needs. She is slow. She won't bring you that kind of joy. She can't talk like that child. She cannot be funny like that child. Nothing. But you know what that child? You have to love her differently. She brings you peace. She gives you no trouble. But she cannot bring you joy. She does not have it. But you know that child gives no trouble. You know what? Ask Ma, what did I tell Siri last night? I said, Siri, you know what? You don't get married, okay? No, I don't want to get married, Grandpa. I just want to do graduation. Now she has the jyoti in her head, okay? Graduation, she has heard. I said, okay, and what will I said, you grow and take care of Grandpa and Grandma, okay? You stay with us forever. Okay, Grandpa, I don't want to get married. I just want to do graduation. Children are different. Children are different. You know, children are different. People are different. And Jesus loved them all. Loved them all. I need to cry out to God, Lord, teach me to love. We all struggle with it. Struggle with it. Help me to deal with issues. Yet, Lord, help me to love. Because that's who you are. Give me power to dominate the powers of darkness. Give me power to rule over myself. A man who cannot rule over himself is like a city without walls. Rule over myself. Rule over myself. We are not talking about this mushy emotional love. We are talking about genuine love. We'll see something through. See something through. It is not that Hollywood, Bollywood love. Love me, love me not. Love me, love me not. We are not talking about that. We are not talking about that. Because words are cheap. Words are cheap. Like they say in English, put your money where your mouth is. Put your money where your mouth is. Words are cheap. Very cheap. But have you put your money where your mouth is? Have you put your life on the line? Give me power, Lord. This is the power God is talking about. Jesus Christ was filled with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then he went around doing good and healed everyone who was oppressed of the devil. Oppressed of the devil. And you need to say, Lord, I need power. Because I see in Revelation 5.12, you know what I see over there? You are worthy to receive power. I want that power. 
What is your kind of power? You never dominated man. You never dominated man. You gave them absolute liberty. And those who followed you, they left everything and followed you willingly. They were all uh, volunteers. One man of God once said, the problem with volunteers said, the problem with volunteers is what happens when they stop volunteering. That's the problem with volunteers. They volunteer. But what happens when they stop volunteers? They are not volunteers. They are disciples. Disciples are not volunteers. They have burned their bridges. They have burned their bridges. And they said, you have to give hats off to those eleven. They said, let us go with him. Thomas said, let us go with him. Die with him. He's not going to. He said, his mind is fixed on Jerusalem to the cross. You know what waits in Jerusalem? They are after him. Let us go with him. And die with him. He's worthy to receive power. Worthy to receive riches. Worthy to receive riches. As soon as riches you heard, that's a sparkle in everybody's eyes. Money talks. Bible is not talking about that kind of money. My question is, what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that kind of money? What are you going to do with it? You can't take it. You can't take it. It's in Greek mythology. When somebody died, you put a coin in his mouth so that when he crosses that river to the other world, you can pay the boatman. Your fare is given in your mouth. One coin. After years of slavery, one coin to cross the river. And the river was called Styx, the river of forgetfulness. And if I rhyme, that fellow's name was Charon. If I'm right, Charon, the boatman. What are you going to do with this? As Job said, and as Timothy Paul says to Timothy, we came with nothing, we go with nothing. Nobody has taken anything to heaven. So when you think about riches, please understand Ephesians 3.20. He's talking about abundance. More than you can ask or think. He gives you an abundance. For what? For the sake of the kingdom. What do I need money for? I need little to eat. Little to eat. And much to give. Little to eat. Jesus said, how much can you eat? Six course dinner. Couldn't finish the first course. Still won't leave the table. Pack kar kar lelo. Kal khayenge. How much can you eat? How much can you wear? Imagine if I'm wearing two coats today. What's wrong with that? Why is he wearing two coats? That's why Jesus said, you got two coats, give it away. What do you, I mean, he's saying, don't hold, money is not the problem. Said We said last night, it's not whether you have money, it's whether money has you. And you don't have to be rich for money to have you. You don't have to be rich for money to have you.
You can be poor and money control your life. This indictment in the book of James connected with the last days. You know what he says? You have hoarded money in the last days. Hidden it, hidden it, hidden it. You keep on hearing on the news. In ED raid, income tax raid, in pipes and all people have hidden bundles and bundles and bundles. Hiding here, hiding here. For what? Oh, you are, I am poor, I have hidden. No, you have hidden it all in your mind. Hidden bundles are there in your mind. You're always dreaming. Greenback. Hidden in your mind. Dreaming money. It is hidden. God is not talking about that. God is talking about abundance. And Jesus had abundance when he walked on earth. This is a simple question. Lord, let me not meet a need in my life. A God given need in my life where I don't have resources to meet. That's abundance. In Acts chapter uh, 20 and verse 35, Paul says, is this? 30. Oh. What did I give? 20, 35. 35. 35. Yeah. It's more blessed to give than to receive. More blessed. What is blessing? Receiving. What is more blessed? To give. Lord, make me a giver. I cannot give unless I have more than enough. If I don't have more than enough, I cannot give. If I have just enough, then I will be like that woman. This, the woman in Samaria. I have only little bread, little oil, atta, little tail. Make two rotis, one for your son, one for me, and we shall die. And I just said, you are not called to die. I did not come to your house to proclaim death. I came to your house to proclaim life. Make it and give it to me. Give it to me. And I proclaim the word of the Lord to you today. Your bin shall never go empty. Nor your oil jar until the rain comes. It's more blessed to give. You know why she lived? Not because she ate. Because she gave. So she lived. No tension. One house in that entire land tension free. Because every day you go to that kitchen in the morning. Bin is full. You look at it, oil jar is full. You know why? Because you gave. You gave. That's what the Bible is talking about. You don't need more than what? God's plan and purpose in your life. What do you need it for? Who is taking it? Second Corinthians 8 and verse 9. You know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich. He was rich. He became poor. That you through the poverty, his poverty, shall be become rich. How do I become rich? Through him. Let me give you the key. How do you become rich? Through him. Keep the concept of abundance. John, James 2 and verse 5. Listen, my beloved brethren. Has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith? The gospel is preached generally to the poor. The poor come in and they in the house of God, they are made rich in faith. Rich in faith. What are you made rich in? In faith. You know what faith is? Faith is God's credit card without limit. 
No limits. Faith is God's easy. The credit card is your father's. You spend. He pays. Debit card is yours. You spend. You pay. This is your father's credit card. He has made the poor rich in faith. Rich in faith. That's why we're sitting here in the church and listening to the word of God. If faith is not being generated in your heart, you're poor in every respect. But you're rich in faith. You're not poor. Jesus carried nothing with him. Nothing with him. All he had was faith. And he never met a need in his life which he couldn't handle because he had heard from his father. He already knew the word of God says what he was going to do. So he was just testing them. Philip, Andrew, let's feed them. Lord, feed them? Don't you see the crowd? Six months wages won't be enough. One little boy with five loaves. But he already knew. Now one thing about faith, the Bible says he's the author and the finisher of faith. You know what you see in Jesus' life? He never started anything which was not begun by his father. Therefore his father finished it for him. He had already heard, this is the day we shall feed a multitude. Get them to sit down. We are struggling because we started things which he never began. Now we are not running faith ministries. We are running compassion ministries. Lord have mercy on me. Please finish this. That's not what the Bible says. Even on earth, credit cards have limits. God's credit card is limited only by the will of God. The faith of God is limited only by the will of God. Therefore, we study the word of God, listen to the Holy Spirit to know what is his will for us. Look at 1 John, what the word of God says. 1 John chapter 5. Yeah. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything, say anything, according to his will. Anything, according to his will. He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we are asked of him. Jesus never asked outside the will of his father. Therefore, the father always answered him. One day, the garden of Gethsemane, he asked outside the will of the father. His flesh was manifesting. He said, father, take this cup away. Father said, no. The only no the son ever heard. No. You want to spend. You ask. But you do not receive. Because you ask amiss to spend on your own pleasure. So even when the son of God asked amiss, the father said no. No. But whatever you ask, the faith of God is limited only by the will of God. That's why God says, this is how you need to pray. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. It's limited by nothing else. That's why I said God has made the poor rich in faith. Rich in faith. 
Imagine somebody sitting over here. I don't have it, but if I have something like that, a credit card with 10 lakh limit, and give it to you and says, you can spend, limit is 10 lakh every month. You would be cool as a cucumber. 10 lakh a month? Yeah, every month, every month. That's all. Yeah, I don't need 10 lakh. 10 lakh a month. That's the limit. Swipe it, I pay the bill. No problem. You would be suddenly relaxed. And God says, all things are possible to him or her who believes. They were amazed. Lord, the tree you cursed yesterday has dried. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Don't waste your time, children. Sitting in church, sitting in your homes, during these lockdown periods, you, know, you have plenty of time. Fill yourself with faith. Fill yourself with the knowledge of God. Fill yourself with the understanding of the will of God. You can live, as I said, a stress-free, a sweat-free life. Middle of the storm, you can sleep because the power of God is within you. When you wake up, you can say, be still. Be still. And they said, what manner of is this? He commands the waves and the winds and they obey him. They obey him. This is not theology. This is life. You have to enforce recovery. James 4, 2 says, you do not have because you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss. That means if you ask right, you will receive. You will receive. You will receive. Don't ask outside the will of God. Outside the will of God, the word of God says, you know what happens when you ask amiss? You put it CC into God's ATM machine, it says transaction declined. You ask amiss. Declined. God says, ask right. Know my will. Know my power. Know my integrity. Know my love. Know this and ask me. No limits. No limits. But you have to enforce your victory. Because you are fighting a battle. There are forces against your blessings. There are forces against everybody. Look, the disciples look. Oh my gosh, how does he do this? He does this, deliverance takes place, healing takes place, he preaches with authority, all kinds. And they tried to cast out demons. It did not happen. He came and said, get out. Then they asked him in privately, Lord, why were we not able to do it? He says, because of your unbelief. And this kind goes out only with fasting and so he won in a prayer closet before he came down every day. Therefore he enforced the victory. He enforced the victory. He won in his prayer closet. David is not a random, oh I will fight Goliath. His fought is lion. His fought is bear. I can fight Goliath. Because the power is the same. The power I received was the power of God. If God can bring a lion down, God can bring a bear down. God can bring a man also down. The power is the same. Source is the same. The person is the same. When you pray, 
when you pray you need to ask have you asked dire situation absolutely dark dire situation first samuel chapter 30 and verse 8 what does it say david yes yes 30 months no 16 months no prayer no worship no psalm no service nothing reached back against the wall everything buddy everybody against it but he still asked what do you have to lose he said lord shall i pursue did you ask shall i overtake you only asked as much god said absolutely son pursue you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all god is more interested in your and my victory than we are he doesn't ask will i recover he only said will i overtake look at the question he doesn't ask will i recover because he's scared to ask god says of course you will recover all but you have to pursue did you ask did you ask you do not have because you do not did you keep on asking until you received men ought to always pray and not lose heart the woman came the wife of a prophet who is dead good in prophecy terrible in finances lord your servant my husband is dead and the creditors have come she asked the right person she asked therefore she got a solution she asked the prophet over there she asked the prophet and god spoke through the prophet this is your solution did you ask alas i lost my accent and it was borrowed he asked where did it fall where did it fall he asked people in the bible asked god says did you ask did you ask david asked you have to pursue you have to believe for strength to overtake you have to believe for strength to fight the dark powers of darkness who opposes your victory opposes your recovery matthew 11 and verse 12 the bible says the kingdom of god suffers from when from when from the day of john the baptist why that is when the kingdom is being preached repent for the kingdom of god is here from the time men started fighting and recovering what the devil had stolen they started recovering because the kingdom has come from the days of john the baptist and john the baptist is preaching is this the kingdom of god is here if the kingdom of god is here it is not a matter of talk it's a matter of power it suffers violence and the violent take it by force you can be as gentle as a dove in your prayer closet you are not gentle the bible says jacob wrestled with god until daybreak god dislocated his hip bone he's still in pain and he's still fighting with god in prayer wrestling with god with tears with supplication read what hosea says how he cried out to god what is he saying unless you bless me i'm not letting go of you jesus says let me go of me it is daybreak ask this question when was the last time you prayed through the night until they break and say lord unless you i'm tired i am tired of this powerless life unless you bless me and give me victory i am not going to let go of you these men one in their prayer closet and their destiny is changed 
Jacob becomes Israel. And Israel becomes a nation. Because he won in the dark. The Bible says in the evening he sent his family across and he crossed the river and he was all alone. And then this man comes and fights from evening till daybreak. There is a wrestling match going on in the prayer closet between man and God. You have to look at the the the, the account in Hosea. Go home and find it in Hosea and see what it is said. It's powerful. Your prayer closet is a war room. It's a war room. Your prayer closet. You're fighting over there. Victory over self. Fighting the powers of darkness. You come out in peace. Peace. Look at Hebrews Hosea 4, 12, 4, yeah, Pastor put it. Yes, he struggled with the angel and prevailed. He wept and sought favor from him. Prevailed. Wept. It's not there in Genesis, but we see another revelation. He prevailed. He cried. He fought with God and said, Lord, I am tired of this defeat. I'm afraid of my father. I'm afraid of my brother. I'm afraid of my father-in-law. I'm afraid of everybody, Lord. I'm just tired. These blessings mean nothing. My life is a life of torment and fear. Would you please bless me? God says, I will bless you. And I will change your destiny. Your name shall not be Jacob. Your name shall be Israel. Man who prevailed with God and man, you will be a prince. Prevailed in prayer. Pursue. You have to fight. You have to overtake. Because the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violence. If you sit there and think these promises will automatically flow into your lives, it's not going to happen. You have to fight. And we have taught you to fight. There are certain battles others can't fight for you. You have to fight on your own. David did not fight with Rachel and Leah. He fought alone. They couldn't fight for him. Your father won't be able to fight for him. Your mother won't be able to fight for him. Your husband won't be able to fight for you. Your pastor won't be able to fight for you. Some battles you have to fight alone. But victory is promised. Fight. Look at Hebrews 11 and verse 63. 11, 33, sorry. Who through faith subdued kingdoms. Enforced works righteousness. And in their war room. In their prayer room, what did they obtain? They obtained promises. That's the key. You obtain a promise. The power of a promise of God. Power of a promise of God. One man was just going. He went to sleep. Put a stone on his head. Heavens opened. He heard and saw did strange thing. <coughs> he was scared. Woke up in the morning. Put the stone like an altar. Poured some oil which his mother gave for him to put on his head. And made it in an altar. And he made a wow, a covenant with God. God of my father, if you take me and bring you back, I will give you 10%. That's all he said. God remembered. Go back and when God speaks to him years later, I remember the covenant you made with me at Bethel. I don't know whether you forgot. I remember. I will bring you back. I am the God of Bethel with whom you made a covenant. You obtain a promise. The power of a promise you have heard. It is deposited in your spirit. Now you fight for the promise to come to pass. 
Shall I pursue? Shall I overtake? That's all he said. And God said, pursue, overtake. You shall recover all. The power of a promise. You obtained a promise in the, in the prayer closet. After that, it does not matter how tired you are. How many people will back off? Five, six hundred people, tired like dogs. Two hundred back off and said, we are too tired to follow. Numbers don't matter. Strength doesn't matter. You have obtained a promise. You will win if you fight. The number of the enemy does not matter. Nothing matters anymore because you have obtained a promise in your prayer closet. Some of you are young with little children. Let me tell you, I'm more troubled about your children than we who are old, who have older children and we see them, nobody walking with God. We are not troubled because we have obtained a promise. We stand on the strength of that promise. We will not go by what we see. We have heard in our prayer closet, all your children shall be taught of the Lord. They shall return from the enemy's camp and they shall serve me. We stand on the promise so we are free to do our ministry without worrying about our children. The power of a promise. Power of a promise. They obtain promises. Because the Bible says through Peter, it is through these exceedingly precious promises that we partake of the very divine nature of God and escape the corruption that is in the world. The whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one, but not you and me, because we have a promise. We have obtained promises. And the promises have power, because God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that should change his mind. Oh, I do not change. Therefore, sons of Jacob, you are not consumed. If you sit just like ducks in church, you will be a sitting duck for the devil. Don't be a sitting duck. He will knock you off every time. Go back and hear the word again. Go back and hear the word of God. Go back and hear the word of God again. Because the word of God, Jesus said, is spirit. It is life. It has the power of God behind it. That's what Paul says. When we came and preached to you the word of God, though we were men, you received it as the word of God. And it has the power to work in those who believe. But the problem is, you are not focused. Many are not focused. Because you are distracted with so many things. It's very simple. You can do only one major thing in life. Everything else should be minor. If you try to do two major things, I will tell you, you will fall in between. You can only do one major thing. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Everything else shall be added unto you. You can only do one thing. You cannot serve two masters. Our problem is we are distracted. So many things. So we are not able to even remember when God has spoken to us. God says, let distraction stop this year. Be focused. And I will tell you what to do. Whatever you do, I am behind you 100%. I am behind you 100%. Put me first and see what will happen. That's how recovery takes place. Obtain a for promise and fight unbelief. Fight unbelief. Obtain a promise. It's a war. Your prayer closet is a war room. It's a war room. Where you fight. 
You see in Genesis chapter 14, Abraham is sitting quietly in his tent and having a good time, thinking this is all I have to do. Then he gets a report. Four kings have attacked five kings and they destroyed the five kings. And on the way while they were going back, they made a mistake. They also took Lot. That was a mistake they made. Otherwise history would have been different. They picked, touched one child of God. One child of God was picked. And the news came to Abraham. He thought this was a poor shepherd. You didn't realize he was a man of war. You touched my own. You touched my own. The word of God says over there. You know what? Yeah. When Abraham heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his 318 trained servants who were born in his own house and went in pursuit as far as Dan. He divided his forces against them by night. He and his servants attacked them, pursued them as far as Hobah, which is north of Damascus. So he brought back what? All the goods and also his brother. He went after him. Everyone who is fighting for your lost loved ones who have been taken captive for the enemy, go after them. You will recover them all. Souls you are fighting for, are you praying for, are not going to be won without a fight. Don't outsource. Fight in your prayer closet and you will see, you touch my brother. You may be four kings. You may have tens and thousands of armed soldiers. It does not matter. The power of God is behind me. You touch one of my own. I will come after you. Why? Because if I dominate that level, I will dominate here. I will pluck those souls out of your hand and bring them back. He recovered all. David was a true son of Abraham. He too fought. And recovered all. Lord, I will recover all. And all that is with them. Lord, I am not only fighting for my loved ones. I am also fighting for all that belongs to them. Their gifts, their talents, their destiny. I want to fight and say that they too fulfill their race. They too finish. I am fighting for their prophetic future, Lord. They will not die in vain. It's not just they shall live. But they shall live and declare the works of the Lord. I will fight. This is not a battle where you quit. You don't quit. He recovered all. Let your prayer closet become your war room. And see what God can do. Joshua chapter 6 and verse 2. And three, the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king, and the mighty men of war. He heard. He heard from the Lord. I have given. But when you look, that's not your physical reality. The walls are huge. The men are mighty. The gates are shut. Nobody goes in and nobody goes out. Lord, how do I take it? You have given it, but how do I take it? Verse 3 says, he heard. What does the God say? Walk around the walls. You don't know how to fight. You don't know what is the promise you have to hold on. You have to obtain the promises in your prayer closet. Every promise will not work. You have to obtain specific promises from the word of God how to fight. You cannot tell the devil it is just written. You have to tell him what is written. And you have to have heard from your, from your God in your spirit. It is written. 
told him how to fight. This is how you fight. Lord, no soldiers, no. Nothing, no. Don't say anything, don't say anything. No shout of march. Nothing. Keep your mouth shut, march. That's all. And what will happen? It will come down. The writer of Hebrews will say, by faith, the walls of Jericho came down. By faith. Limitless. What faith can do. No limit on faith. What it can do. That's why you have to read Hebrews 11 over and over and over and over again. You know, Lord, I am just an ordinary kid in an ordinary church. And out there in the world are the smart ones. I cannot compete with them. But today I heard, by faith, they subdued kingdoms. By faith, they wrought righteousness. By faith, they shut the mouth of lions. By faith, they quenched the earth of flames. By faith, they escaped the edge of the sword. I believe. I believe. By faith, I will overcome. I have what they don't have. I don't have what they don't have. I don't have brains. I don't have what they have. I don't have money. I don't have reputation. But I have something. Your word says, I am poor but rich in faith. I will exercise my faith. And I realize you are crowned with power. And I am yours. Crown me with power. I see you are crowned with riches. Crown me with your riches, O Lord. Your faith is my riches. That's how you overcome. That's how you battle. And after some time, you start enjoying the battle. You start enjoying the battle. You realize, this is fun. This is fun. Every day, I can give my father joy by kicking the devil. That's why I write to my all my churches. Almost every day I write, the devil is mad. We are glad. And I write the names of some living devils also. Show me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, how to fight. The battle is not the same. He has to tell you how to fight. Turn to Second Chronicles 20. I told you 4 o'clock. 20. Second Chronicles 20. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehoshaphat. Oh, Father, I pray today, let the Spirit of God come upon your people. Each one's struggle and battle is different. Let them hear from you, Lord, how to fight their battles, Lord. I can only speak generally unless you give me a prophetic word for a particular person, but you are able to speak to your people, Lord. Let the Spirit of God in the new covenant, O Lord, the Spirit will come and speak to each one and tell them what to do, Lord. Speak, Father. Let your children hear. Let them not live pointless, aimless, meaningless lives, O Lord, having received salvation. For the kingdom of God is a kingdom of purpose. The Spirit of God came upon him, a Levite, and suddenly he spoke. What did he say? Verse 15. He said, listen all you Judah and you inhabit some Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord God to you, do not be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours. Battle is not yours. It's God's. The minute you have heard in your prayer closet, you come out in rest. That's what the Bible says, labor to enter into his rest. Where do you find your rest? In your prayer closet. You hear from him and you know it's done. Now tell me what do I need to do? It's already done. 
That's what Jesus was talking about there. When you are praying, when you are asking, believe that you have received and you will receive. You don't receive first, you believe first. You don't receive first, you believe first. The walls will fall? Yes, walls will fall. What is the proof? You don't have to carry your weapon, just walk around. Really? What if they open the gates and come out? Do you believe or not? Do you believe or not? I believe. If you have believed, you have received your victory. Maybe it will happen six days later, but you have already received it. Why? Your walk shows this because faith is the evidence of things unseen. Unseen. Show me your evidence that you have believed. Jehoshaphat, don't worry. People of Judah, don't worry. The battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. Do you believe Jehoshaphat? I do believe. What did you do? He said, everybody come here. Levites, who are the best singers among you? And who are the godly singers among you? Okay. You go in the front. I believe. What are we going to do? We are just going to praise. You are just going to praise God. What is that? An act that you have received. When do you praise? After your victory. When do you praise in faith? Before the victory. Because God has said, battle is not yours. Battle is not yours. Battle is not yours. David recovered all. Abraham recovered all. Jehoshaphat recovered which was not his also. Please understand the things which you hear are not natural things. These are spiritual things. Spiritual things. These are spiritual things. You have to receive it by faith because there is power in it because God said it. Because God said it. Everything God says to tell us to do, it is spiritual in nature. The weapons of a warfare are not carnal. They are mighty in God. Turn to First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. What is there? And the next three verses. In everything give thanks. This is the will of God. Everything give thanks. Everything means everything. Sounds funny. God says, do you believe? I believe, Lord. Give thanks. Next one. When you pray. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with John chapter 6 verse 11. He took the loaves and when he had given, thanks. So it is not something natural. When you give thanks, something happens in the spiritual. Because you obeyed by faith. In his hands, he had only five loaves of bread and two fish. But when he gave thanks, it multiplied. When you murmur, it decreases. When you give thanksgiving, God says, I can multiply. Keep on doing it in everything until it's really coming from your heart. It's the law of multiplication. So it is not natural. It is spiritual. It is spiritual. Instead of going to complain and grumble and be nonchalant about everything, you will struggle all your life because you are not using the weapons which God has given you. Look at Jeremiah. Look at what Jeremiah says. 30. 
Then out of them shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of those who make merry. And what will I do? I will multiply. You thank, I will multiply. You thank, I will multiply. You thank, I will multiply. So these are not normal things. Everything God asks us to do, you have to do it by faith. Add faith to it because it has power in the spiritual realm. So when God says to give thanks in everything, even when you fail in your exam and you only got 34 and not 36, take it before God and say, Lord, I thank you. Just thank you. I don't know what's going to come out of it. It does not matter. I, by faith, will thank you. I thank you. I thank you. And suddenly you will realize God starts doing something which you did not even imagine. The power of thanksgiving. The power of fasting. Matthew 17, right? 21. Or Jonah 2, 9 and 10. <laughs> did I give it to you? Yeah. It is interesting. Jonah, I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. From where? From the belly of the fish, the bottom of the sea. Thank you, oh my father. That I am still not dead in the belly of the fish. And verse 10. Fish. Not just vomited. Reached a destination in three days. He paid a fare to go to Tarsus. Reached Nineveh free. Because he praised God with a voice of thanksgiving. Sit, think for yourself for a minute. Dark, dreary, drenchy, stinking stomach of a fish. How can you give thanksgiving? But he did. How can you give thanksgiving in your situation? Pastor, you don't know my situation. Don't worry, John also did not know. But he gave. God said, spit him out. Don't worry. God can speak to your fish, to your situation, to spit you out. He doesn't have to speak to you. He speaks to your situation. Spit him out at my destination where I want him. And the word of God says, the second time the word of the Lord came to Jonah and said, arise and go into the city. He had recovered his calling because the gifts and the calling are irrevocable. He recovered it back. To lose a calling, to disobey a calling, and to recover a calling. When you reach heaven, you will realize how important it is. You cannot pay with or buy it. You cannot buy a calling with money. You are called or you are not called. It is his sovereignty. The gift he gives you, it is his sovereignty. He recovered both. He recovered his calling. And he recovered his gift. And when he started preaching, all of Nineveh repented. So he got his calling. He got his gifting. What did he do? Thank you, oh my father, for sparing my life. So these are not normal things. Don't take it normally. Fasting is not a normal thing. Jesus said to his these kind do not go without except by some of the obstacles you are facing, you have pushed with all your might, you have tried everything, it is not budging at all. God says, 
Try fasting and praying. And then speak to it. It will move. Some kind go out only with fasting and prayer. You have to do it. This is not a corporate fast because it's your mountain. Others won't have the same intensity. It's your mountain. It's your mountain. So fasting is not a normal thing. It's a spiritual thing when you apply faith. My chosen fast, God tells Isa. So there is a chosen fast. God has chosen. My chosen fast. Lord, how come you were able to do it? Because I fasted and prayed. How come it's not a mountain for you, just a molehill? Because I fast and I pray. Malachi 3.10 You think this is an ordinary bag? You think this is an ordinary bag? This is not an ordinary bag. If you believe this is the power, this bag has the power to open the window of heaven. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Try me now in this, says the Lord, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven. You think this is ordinary? If it's ordinary, it will remain ordinary. If you believe, it will open for you, not window, windows in heaven. So tithing is not natural. It is supernatural. It is spiritual. Everything that you hear God speak in his word, you have to receive it with faith. I believe, therefore I do. There are no ordinary things in the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is not an ordinary kingdom. Only supernatural things. And everything when God says pray, Jesus prayed and the heavens opened. So prayer is not natural. It is supernatural. Jesus was praying. His visage changed. His clothes started changing. So it's not natural. It's supernatural. These demons which the disciples couldn't cast out with the dynamis they had upon him, the power upon him, Jesus just cast it out. And he said it comes by prayer and fasting. So fasting is not natural. It is spiritual. It is supernatural. Tides open the windows of heaven. Not window. Windows. Offerings open the windows of heaven. Giving opens the windows of heaven. It opens windows. Unbelievable opportunities can open for you. God suddenly opens this door for you. And he said, where did this come from? How did this come from? I didn't even pray. God says, you gave. I opened a window for you. I opened a window for you. That's how it works. That's why the Bible says, those who are poor, God has made them rich. How did he make them rich? Jesus who was rich became poor for us so that become rich through him. What is the greatest riches you can have? It is faith. It is the master key. And through faith, people subbed. They changed kingdoms. Democracy says, government comes to the ballot. Communism says, Government comes through the bullet. Man of prayer says, my God decides I can change governments in my prayer closet. If you have doubt, read the book of Daniel. It's praying men and women who changed dispensations. 
change dispensations. You are upset about government? Pray. Pray. Lord, we have unrighteous government. The Bible says through faith, they subdued kingdoms and wrought righteousness. Righteous rulers took their place because men and women got into the prayer closet. They prayed and obtained a promise and a new person rose and the new person was righteous. And the Bible says the land had rest for 20 years, 15 years, 40 years. Why? Because men and women wrestled with God in their prayer closet and God changed the dispensation for them. You don't need the ballot. You don't need the bullet. All you need to get into your prayer closet and change dispensations. That's how it works. God is giving us a key. God is giving us a key. So let men pray and not lose heart. Let men pray and not lose heart. Psalm 105 and verse 18 and 19. Oh, it's only 12, 11. So early. Let me finish. There are others sitting up late in night in New York and are still listening. They are not. And it's freezing. They have a blizzard hitting, snow storm, monster storm hitting them. But I'm absolutely sure, certain they are up and listening. They hurt his feet with fetters and he was laid in iron until the time his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. God gave him a promise. Gave him a promise. Confirmed it through two dreams. And the word of God is testing him. Will you take it? Or will you leave it? It will test you. Don't think this promise will not be tested. Look at Exodus 15, uh, 23, 25, 26. Let us look at Exodus 23, 25, 26. Look at all this as promises. These are prom- there are general promises and other promises. 15, 26. And I gave you 23, 25, 26. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. 15, 26. Okay. So you shall serve the Lord your God. And he will bless your bread and your water and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. Most sicknesses, medical science will say, are communicable. They come through your food and through your water. All the mothers sitting here and those who cook, have you blessed the bread and the waters? That I will take sickness from your house. It's a promise. Lord, I look into your word. You said, Lord, if I serve you, that's all I want to do. As a wife, as a mother, Whatever it is, Lord, I just want to serve you. You bless my bread, bless my water. I don't want sickness in my house. Do you believe? And the next one, none shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. No miscarriage. No barrenness. No miscarriage. You see, when you hear the promise, when you hear the promise of God and you have You are excited. You receive it. It is implanted now. Now the devil is after you to so that you have a miscarriage. That you abort that word. That's why people who are so excited on one Sunday are sitting like dummies the next Sunday because during the wing they aborted that word. And they end up in barrenness and wondering, I believed, I no longer believe. No, you believed. But you did not guard it. 
God said, no miscarriage. No miscarriage. Paul did not about his vision. He is saying in his old age, King Agrippa, I have been faithful to that vision. I did not allow what God planted in my heart to about. I allowed it to grow and grow and grow. And I am seeing what you told me then. I stood before one Ananias one day. But now I am standing before kings. And I am standing before queens. I am standing before governors. What you said is coming to pass for me. I'm standing. You know why? Because I did not abort the word. That's why our ears have to be sensitive to be here. What is the spirit of God telling me? I heard about a sister. She had never conceived, married for many years, never conceived. And she heard the book of Romans. The pastor was preaching from the book of Romans about how God came and spoke to Abraham in his old age. Abraham is dead in his body. Sarah's womb is as good as dead. And she heard it and she heard the spirit speaking. Your husband is young. You are young. If I could birth a child through Abraham and Sarah, can I do it for you? She said, you know what? My husband isn't dead. My womb is not dead. I am just not bearing. She said, I believe. Next year she delivered. She had gone through every medical procedure. Nothing happened. But when she believed the word of God, God touched her womb. I'm not saying you shouldn't do medical for this thing. What I'm saying, do you believe there is a word that is above everything? There shall be none barren in the land. Definitive, specific about your prayer. Like Hannah. She went and cried out, poured out her soul. Lord, I want a child. And I want a male child. And I promise you, you give me the child, I give you the child back. It didn't matter after that who the man of God is. The blind man said, are you drunk? No, I am not drunk. Oh Lord, out of my... Okay, may God answer your wish. She went back. She immediately heard. She understood God has heard. And she did not go dumb. She didn't go grieving. She went back and she knew God had answered her prayer. She had obtained her promise. Now she will receive it in the course of time. Course of time. That is how it works in the kingdom of God. That is how it works in the kingdom of God. So this morning, Jesus said, have faith in God. Have faith in God. When you pray, when you ask, believe. Here, here. One final words I will give you. Two verses I will give you. And we will pray. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 30. Since we have the same spirit of faith. Who is he talking about? He's talking about Psalm 116 or 110 or 116. He's talking of the Messianic Psalm. We have the same spirit of faith. Do you have the same? There is a spirit of faith. The spirit of faith. You need to ask, Lord, I want that same spirit of faith. Same spirit of faith. I want that same spirit. Look at Luke chapter 1 and verse 16 or 17. Luke 1, 17, the second verse. And we will close. 
He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and in the power of Elijah. Lord, I want the spirit that was upon Elijah. What was the spirit that was upon Elijah? It was the spirit of faith and the spirit of prayer. And you know what Elisha asked? Give me a double portion of that spirit. I want that prayer life and that I want that faith life. I want that. A double portion of that faith and that spirit. Power is the same. No difference in the power. God is asking you today, do you want that same spirit? That's what he asked. What do you want? What do you want? I'm about to go. What do you seek? He said, I want that double portion of that spirit that is upon you. What was that spirit? What is that one thing about Elijah? One is faith. The spirit of faith. One man could stand against an entire nation all alone on Mount Carmel. Do crazy stuff which God said and stand back and said, Lord, I have done everything according to your word. Prove yourself. That is the spirit of faith. And then he said, Elijah prayed and God shut the heavens. Elijah prayed and God opened the heavens. The spirit of faith and the spirit of power. Say, Lord, I want that. I want that spirit of faith. Let the spirit of grace and supplication fall upon me, O Lord. I cannot pray, but I hear I have to pray. You said in my strength, weakness, you are my strength. When I enter into your prayer closet, Lord, would you give me the spirit of supplication? I want to pray. I want to pray. See what God will do for you. Start February well. Shall we stand? Start February well. Start and say, Lord, I will fight this good fight, O Lord. I want to fight this fight, O Lord. Whatever you are fighting in your life, wives fighting, not fighting with, fight for your husband. You are very good at fighting with one another. Now fight for. God said you wasted all these years fighting with. Why don't you change and start fighting for your husband? Fighting for your wife. Fighting for your children. Fighting for your parents. Fight. For the kingdom of God suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. Lord, you were crowned with strength, power. You were crowned with riches. You looked only at two, five are left. You are crowned with wisdom. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. God gives freely. But let him not. Let him not doubt. Because a man who doubts receives and wisdom. God says, ask. Because I have been crowned with wisdom, I want to crown my bride with wisdom. Ask. It's not natural wisdom. This is supernatural wisdom. That God may be glorified. Father, this morning we just come to you. We just thank you, Father, that we had this extra time today, Lord. We thank you, we just thank you, we just thank you, Father. You said, O Lord, I will bless your water. I'll bless your food. And I will take sickness away from your midst. Command sickness to leave the house of God. For we are the temple of the living God. Whatever that sickness is, how long it has been there, it is irrelevant. We magnify your word above all your name, Lord. Above all our situation. And I command that spirit of sickness to leave In Jesus name.
body for the Lord and the Lord for the body. I will not be sick. Whenever I am sick, ever you are sick, I look into your word. The third day I will be up. But I will not even allow it to come near, Lord. For Father, you have said, if I obey your voice, you will not bring upon us the sicknesses that came upon Egypt. You are able to open barren wombs. You are able to protect pregnancies. We see it all, Lord. Because each one's need is different. You are open to open up windows in heaven. And I pray, Father, if they haven't learned to tithe, they will learn from February. And you will ignore those seasons of ignorance. They will learn. Tithing opens up windows in heaven. If they have never prayed violently, you will anoint us to pray in violence in our prayer closet. The heavens may be open. Powers of darkness may flee. And we will reach our God-given destiny, Lord. We need power. And all power is with you. Every day I pray, Father, endure your people with power. 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 Behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. Without the power of God, we can never tackle the enemy. And I pray faith will arise today. Faith, the spirit of faith will come upon people today who believe. And they will separate themselves from the crowd. They will separate themselves from other people. They will be separated unto you, O Lord. As your word says in Genesis 49, O Lord, Joseph was separate from his brothers. So his blessings are more and greater. And I pray, Lord, Joseph's will rise up in this house, who will be separate from the others and say, Lord, I want to be a blessing. I want to be a blessing. I want to be a blessing. To be a tree planted like by the tree, by the river, that bears fruit even in the old age. Make us blessing, as a blessing, Lord. Oh, Father, I just thank you. I thank you, I thank you, I thank you, Lord. For everyone who believes here, everywhere around the world who are listening, I pray there will be a divine impartation of faith today, Lord. Let them receive let them receive. Let the spirit of faith come upon your people. For with faith, nothing is impossible. We are limited only by the will of God. And we don't want to do anything outside the will of God, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Father. Let children go into their February, every child of God, with confidence, with boldness, with the power of God. Thank you, thank you, Father. For in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 The grace of our, grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. Amen and amen and amen.